We are back. The Ball and Roll Pick and Pot is here with a brand new episode. Probably our last one of the playoffs. Lots to discuss. Going to be a fun episode. Before we get quick reminder, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. We're going to be covering you with all NBA stuff all offseason long. And also, be sure to check out shop.ballandroll.com for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Guys, we got a packed show for you. Kev, what's happening, dude? Man, what's happening? I've been winning too much. I've been winning too much and too hard that my laptop fell on the ground and broke because of the winning, of course. Not my fault. Is the winning strictly. Uh, but other than that, man, yo, it, it's been a rough past few days. Like, the thing is that Miami Heat, they're not my team. They're not my team. But just watching the pain in these players who can't find an answer for LeBron and Anthony Davis really hurts me. Anyways, we'll, we'll uh, discuss more of that as we uh, continue uh, down the podcast. But other than that, man, I'm good. Uh, so- someone in the sports world definitely messed up today. Uh, you know, there's no baseball games today, playoff baseball games today. There's no basketball games today. And there's no uh, NFL games today. There's still college football, but like the scheduling really messed up. And Cam Newton now has co- is COVID positive, And we're going to have like a half bye week right now. We're going to skip the games at NFL. Two games have been postponed. One completely postponed to a whole another week. One just currently to later on in the week. So we'll see what happens. And it's a wild world. And I'm having a little bit of PTSD because I, the, I feel like this is the prelude of the sports being shut down again. I'm saying it. I'm mm-hmm. saying it. I think it's going to happen. But that's how I'm doing. Richard, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm, we have our off season right now. So I'm kind of enjoying that. Um, Still busy, still grinding. I'm um, gonna go to the gym after this podcast is uh, is recorded. But I'm with you, Kev. Like I don't really know what to do today. There's no sports on. There's only college football. So I got I got to figure it out. I got to piece my day together. Um, but John, how are you doing, dude? Like what are you doing on a day with no sports? I'm actually gonna plan to go to the gym too. I mean, we're moving into um. A little more restrictions in Ontario because of all the COVID cases spiking up again, but the gym's still open, so oh, I'm going to continue my gym journey, and uh, I'd like to share some good news with you guys, actually, because uh, I've put on 15 pounds since I started working out, like, Ooh, two months let's ago. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Are you, are you on the Bryson DeChambeau diet right now? I'm not yet. That's that's the thing that's surprised me anyway, is that I've made so much progress and I haven't really even dieted properly yet. So I'm looking to that's start impressive. getting into that along with yeah, um, taking nine pre-workout stuff. Yep. Dude, dude, if you gain a few more pounds and like half the NFL goes down with COVID, you can step in and play. You can yeah, step in and play football. I'm ready, man. Football. Dude, <laughs> Coach. Has the Washington football team gave you any calls? Not yet, but uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I could be a pretty good uh, running back, man. I run pretty fast. They, they could use a lot on the offensive side. Like, a lot on the offensive they're, they're, they're the most lopsided team in the world. Like, their defense is so incredible, and then their offense is absolutely bump, like trash. So, yeah. They could use a running back. They could also use a quarterback because Haskins ain't doing nothing. They could use a few O-linemen. They could use a few receivers. They could use a wait, lot. Wait, are you sure you want to be a running back, though? Because, like, I'd rather you not take away snaps from Antonio Gibson because, like, he's on my fantasy team right now, and I really don't want him to lose snaps you have, to like, you. 
you have like 30 fa- uh, running backs on your fantasy team. I think no. if one running back loses a few snaps, you'll be okay. No, no, no. I need all my running backs to eat. But um, okay. <laughs> so wait, before, Kev. Before wait, before we get into sports, what is happening in Ontario with COVID? Like a lot of cases now, and like strip yeah. clubs. Are, so now I'm worried. Like Diamond Rodriguez can't go out and make her cash. Like what's going on up there, guys? All right. So let me just say one thing. It, it is bad. It is bad. Don't get me wrong. We're getting like 700 cases a day, uh, but at the same time. It's only in, like, the bigger cities, like, near Toronto and things like that. Like, where, where I'm staying at in Belleville, it's smaller cities, like, 50,000 people. Over here, we've had maybe one or two cases. Like, it's so it's so small. And even if it happens, like, everything gets contained. Like, people are asked to stay home. And most people respect that. Unlike in America, where people don't expect that it's a real thing, to the point where in the debate, you're, you're POTUS, the leader of your nation, is just roasting the dude across the podium for not wearing a mask. And then two days later, he tweets out, the Lotus and I have are tested post, um, positive for COVID-19. Like, compared to America, we're doing all right. It's still, it's, it's still getting a little worse, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not losing it over here. I think CFL is still on track to come back. Wait, never mind. Mm-hmm. Never that's, mind. That's, all I know is, this uh over uh down here after uh the president caught covid the south was like on fire because like holy shit covid's real we didn't know <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like panicking it's kind of like the, that um office me- the office uh gif where like everyone's looking yeah. out in the office like oh my god covid's real so that's yeah. that's where we're at right now um but honestly Whatever, new day. Nobody cares about it again here. That's that's how life works down here in the states. Yeah, America's wild, man. You, oh, you guys, you guys are crazy. Like, dude, how, a, how yeah. safe do you feel there? Oh, I feel one hundred percent safe. That's the most so, BS thing I've ever. So, look, Kev, Kev, this is a it's a completely different world here. Like the way people yeah. act down here. Like inside the office, like everyone's like concerned. Everybody cares, and everybody like knows COVID's real but when you like step outside and you like see humans do their life stuff it's like i don't think they know what's going on in the world mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. like it's like you kind of like walk around you drive around and you're like jesus people like don't realize there's like nine thousand cases a day in texas um Dude, yeah at a point there's, there's sixteen thousand a day in florida 60 yeah, to seventeen thousand one day yeah. in florida so on Twitter, there's like a, a Texas COVID tracker and like you look at it every single day and it's like 3,000 and 5,000 and like 9,000 and back to 2,500. And this is all like day by day. And like you look at hospital capacity usage and it's at like between 75 and 90 percent. And it's like wild. Oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're falling, we're falling apart down here. But, but still, we'll, we'll, you know what? You know what's more wild? OK, so. For instance, over here, a normal citizen, they uh, think they have symptoms. They go get a yeah. test. And now the turnaround rate is about like six to seven days. They say they say two days, but it's six to seven days. Like the website crashed. People weren't able to log in to like get their uh, results. Yeah. But in, you look at athletes, they get daily testing and daily results. Oh, yeah. That's bonkers. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish my parents gave me genetics, like good genetics. Damn. I, 
I think our players get their results within like 25 minutes now. Yeah, no, I believe. Wow. Wild. Yeah. It's insane. But <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into our conversation. The NBA Finals are on. Um, it seems like one team has shown up. The other one is still pending. Um, Lakers are up 2 nothing. Kevin, let's start off with you because yeah, you, sure. were, you were on the Miami Heat hype train. You tried to play reverse psychology on our last episode to try oh. to curse Lakers. Oh, um, oh. What's, yeah, what's you're, you're giving what's me happening? too much credit. Like, no, dude. You're giving me way too much credit. I, I you just said Lakers are going to have a gentleman sweep, if not a sweep, against Miami. You know, take it yeah. take it as you want to, Richard. Uh-huh. You know, I, I just but, think Kev, you've been you've been so against the Lakers from the start, and I feel like we all have. Like I remember at the beginning of this bubble, we were all like kind of questioning the Lakers because of their lack of depth, and like I've been watching them during the playoffs, and I feel like that's been my coldest take of the year. Like the Lakers have depth; they have guys who are stepping up. And obviously, they have two of the like five best players in the world, and it just—they've been kind of cakewalking through the uh, NBA NBA playoffs so far. So yeah, yeah, Kev, yeah. talk so, to okay. us. What's let, let, I'll address that in my second point. First point, I'm not going to make any excuses. Okay, uh, it, it, there are things out there where, where they say Goran Dragic's injury. Uh, Bam out of his injuries, whatever. I don't care. Jimmy Butler rolling his ankles. I don't care about any of that. Clearly, the better team right now is winning, period. And no asterisks, none of that. LeBron is playing incredible. Anthony Davis is playing incredible. They don't have an answer for Anthony Davis in the paint grabbing all those boards. Like You're giving up. I forgot how many offensive boards he said, but from what I saw, it looked like almost 300. Uh, there was no answer. And they were, like the first game, I get it. It was an outlier. KCP was shooting the lights out. Danny Green was also hitting some shots. Kuz, everywhere he was shooting. Okay, that's fine. Second game, they were missing missing shots, but the Miami Heat couldn't secure any defensive boards. We'll see what happens with Bam Adebayo returning in game three to see if any of that changes because Kelly Olenek is not big enough to do anything over there. The only other person I can think of is their player coach, Udonis Haslam. And I don't think he has, he has the proper attire underneath his warm-up clothes in order to step in and play, okay? And uh-huh. I don't think this guy's done conditioning in the past three years, and there's no need for him to, because he's like one sprint away from a heart attack. So let's just keep yeah. Udonis Haslam as safe as possible. But Miami Heat is playing really well. Their adjustments that they're making uh, when my, uh, I mean, I mean, Lakers are playing really well. Their adjustments they're making when Miami Heat is going on runs uh, in order to make the stops, making the right switches. Rajon Rondo, I mean, Rajon Rondo, he stepped up. He's playing really well. He's actually shooting threes, which really helps a team like Lakers because when they start shooting those threes, it opens up guys like LeBron and AD to kind of just roam free and do what they need to do. Miami's running the zone defense, which worked really well against most uh, all of the East. But yeah. Lakers figured out the easiest way to beat it, which is high screen pick and rolls. I mean, high pick and rolls. And that that seems to work really well because it gets one of the guys, shooters open on the outside. And wide open, they're able to hit shots. So, And some of these plays, when you see a LeBron James wide open at the three, like they're so scared of like running up to him and guarding him because they know that LeBron could blow past him easily yeah. like that, that that's just a way to lose that they're giving up the three but if you're giving lebron like four or five seconds to get prepped for a shot to hit it he's gonna hit it like the, you gotta understand like if you give time guys guys like andrew bynum if you give him like five seconds to get ready for a shot 
he could hit it. Like that, these guys are professional athletes, and they they grew up playing Andrew, basketball. They're able to hit a three. There's no question about that. Andrew Bynum. Yeah, remember he hit a three, and then he missed the second three, and he was benched. Anyways, yeah, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> but that wow. was the second one was contested. But right. second point, second point. The reason why I'm rooting against the Lakers is because I love the underdog. You know, Miami Heat proves that you don't need to go out there and get like an Anthony Davis or LeBron James and they could still fight. They could still fight with a good culture, uh, you know, uh, uh, a good coaching, great play calling and things like that. That's how they could win. And Richard, if you recall our our, our master debate a, a few episodes ago where it was, you know, whether you need a superstar to win, which was I voted for that you need a superstar to win. You said you need a good culture and a good team. And Miami Heat is the epitome of that. Like, that, that is them. If they win, it gives teams like Charlotte. It gives teams like, you know, uh, what, are the, what are the bum teams? Are they? Utah, you know, New Orleans. Like, a chance that, you know, these small markets, they can just get a good culture and a good coach, and they can go out there and win. But if Lakers win, the only way anybody can, thinks they can win is by getting a superstar. Yeah. yeah. I, I Honestly, um I don't remember the last time I've seen an NBA Finals series where I've watched game one and I was like, geez, like it's over. Like that's how it felt. That's how it felt in game one. Like, you know, like last year when the Raptors played against um, against the the Warriors, right? Like Raptors won game one, but at no point did I go like, okay, damn, this is over. Like this series is locked up, right? Like even when the... That year when the Cavs got swept by the um, by the Warriors when J.R. Smith had his like bloop at the end of mm. game one, that game ended. I was like going into that series. I was like, there's I don't think the the Cavs stand a chance against the Golden State Warriors, but I'm like they might still have a chance because they still have LeBron. But honestly, after watching game one, I was like, this is it. Like they were blown out injuries. Like Jimmy Butler even sprained his ankle. Like he was able to come back. Like, Bam is hurt. Goran Dragic, who's been so good this entire postseason run and is, like, set to make a bunch of money in the offseason as a free agent. And, like, he seems like he might be done for the series of a torn plantar, fish, uh, torn plantar fascia. So, I, I just don't know. Like, I feel like the Lakers are just too good for this Miami Heat team. And especially when, like, the Miami Heat aren't making shots, like, Duncan Robinson has looked horrible this year. Like, he's been bad. Like, Tyler Hero, he had a good bounce-back game yesterday, but, like, he was horrible in game game one. Like, Jay Crowder hasn't been that great. You know, like, Jimmy Butler had a nice game yesterday, but he was also, like, 6 for 17 from the field. You know, like, you you can't do that and expect to beat the Lakers. And honestly, at this point, I just don't think the the he have anything to combat what the Lakers are doing. And especially with like Kelly Olenek and Myers Leonard and like Myers Leonard, like none of them can handle Anthony Davis down low. And yeah. I don't have Bam out of Bayou coming back in game three. Like he's not going to be a hundred percent. I can, I do not expect them to be able to help slow down Anthony Davis. Cause like the Lakers are just like a two man wrecking crew and they're just destroying the heat right now. But no, I'm John. Like, do you think that he have like, any chance of at least like climbing back into this series right now you know honestly I, I don't really see it right now either and it's because 
when they're playing small, they can't really get on the glass and dominate on the glass like the way they would against other teams. But it's it's just tough to see this team that's fought through so much adversity and have been the underdogs for the majority of the playoffs to be here in the finals. And they definitely deserve to be in the finals. But once their key contributor players went down in terms of Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic, it just seemed like this team, while they're not going to give up, it seems like they're kind of um, at a loss here. And going into this series, I said on, on my article I wrote for Ball and Roll, the finals preview, I basically questioned whether Miami can slow down Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Like That's the key to beating the Lakers, no doubt. You have to slow down one of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And with Bam Adebayo injured, you know, no one can really stop LeBron either, which you can we can talk later maybe about LeBron James' greatness, being able to do this at age 35. But it's I, I don't know what the Heat can do, honestly, because we looked at... Um, Kelly Olynyk playing in the last game. He had 24 and 9, but he couldn't really stop Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis, he had games in the playoffs where he only had like six rebounds. And right. in the last one, he didn't have 300 offensive rebounds, but he had eight, which is a lot on his own. Yes, so. three, uh, scale, scale it, it's 300. If you, say, yeah. if you scale it to maybe like, on like motion, a, and you, you maybe on like a 300 move. minute uh, scale, then it's going to yeah. be around 300 <laughs> rebounds. But man. <laughs> That, that guy's unstoppable, and yeah. I don't know what the Miami Heat can do. They're, I think they're going to get swept, honestly, at this point, because Jimmy Butler and the gang, like they can't get it done right now. And th- they really had like a slim chance going into this series to begin with, but I still thought that maybe Miami could make this somewhat of an entertaining series. I predicted the Lakers to win in six. Although um, I will say I probably jinxed the Miami Heat too because I went on my own podcast and I did a preview with one of my friends and I said that potentially Miami can win if they shut down guys like LeBron and AG, AD. If they did that, then maybe the Heat could win in seven. But once I saw game one, I just thought, man, all the teams that I've rooted for this year have been jinxed. We looked at the (laughs) Raptors. They lost in seven to the Celtics. You know, the Jays. Last podcast, I talked about, you know, it'll be better if if, uh, the Jays made it to the World Series and they just got knocked out of the wild card game versus, um, I don't even remember, the Rays, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. John, could I I, uh, hire you? Could I put you on retainer? Like, I'm going to hire you to root for the opposite team every single time. Like, the team I want to win, I'm going to ask you to root for the opposite. Because if if it's 100% success rate so far, that's that's a valuable skill. I'm gonna take you it. Know, honestly, it's not 100%, but I will say this: okay. I've had like a long history of rooting for teams that just like lose once I start rooting for them. Uh, who, who is <laughs> the Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls? I was a oh, big fan of Derrick no. Rose back in the day when he was like in his rookie year and then going into his MVP yeah. season. I was like, yeah, Bulls for the title, and then they got John. destroyed by Miami. Okay. You made okay, Derrick Rose depressed. Wait, potentially. Yes. I mean, yes. What is it, Richard? Wait. So wait, we're gonna be making our football picks at some point. I feel like oh. we need we need John <laughs> we need John to cheer for every single team we pick against. Why don't we do this? Why don't we Amen. do picks this week? And like that's what I'm gonna put my money on. Like we're gonna throw a game to John, 
and then uh-huh. we'll see which he picks, and I'm gonna pick the exact opposite. I'm gonna write yeah. it down, and we'll, we'll talk about this next week. I'm gonna do it. if this actually works, John. I'm hiring you. It's happening. Like I, I don't <laughs> care where you're working, how much you're getting paid. You're getting paid twice to work for me. It's happening. You know, <laughs> the only time it ha- it hasn't um gone the way that I thought it would was when the Raptors won their title last year, Dude. which I still can't believe. But Dude, I, I don't fine. know. I'm pretty unlucky. Dude, that's like a 95 percent like. So correct. Like, yeah, you've been like, really wrong and everything else. I'll take those chances. Like, <laughs> I'm, a num- you, I'm not a numbers guy, but I like those numbers. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you look at the, like, when Kevin and I gamble, it's like 54% were right, 46% were wrong. If we, like, yeah, flip that 95 and 5, like, yeah. dude, we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to take that all day. So, yeah. dude, I'm We, we could buy a basketball team. Dude, I'm excited. This is actually probably the greatest thing that's happened to me this year. Dude, this, this is I'm incredible. Excited. I'm excited <laughs> this week. Um, yeah, no I mean, idea. if the games don't get canceled. John, I'm not yeah. sure if you kept up much of the football world, but um, first, the Tennessee game got postponed. Now, the New yep. England game got postponed. It's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. But anyways, going back to basketball, let's just pivot back to basketball the way Jimmy Butler tried to pivot, but it didn't really work out too well. But um, so the last point I was talking about with Lakers signing these two big players and they have the best chance right now at winning it. Meanwhile, Miami, you look at it, it's, you know, a Juco guys, you know, D3 guys or yep. undrafted rookies, you know, bums that are just thrown off outcasts from other team yep. and they're put together. Like Memphis thought they were trying to get rid of uh, uh, the, the Crowder. Being like, ah, oh, man, you know, it, this is like the, um, the fish head. Nobody really wants it. I'm going to, like, throw it in this and sell it, right? And he's been really good with Miami, like, except for this series, but – and the last series. But he's been really good for them for quite a bit of time. But in Iguodala, they were like, ah, oh, he's old. You know, he's a lot of trouble. He said he didn't want to play for Memphis. But he came over here, and he's been very effective, a so-called LeBron stro- stopper. Like, what do you guys think about that? Like, do you guys think – like the this series speaks more uh, than just Lakers going out there and winning it, or does it is it really going to affect the way small markets go and tackle uh, free agency and things like that? So I I mean here's my my two cents on it. Um, I think it makes like series like this makes it really hard for small market teams to have hope for competing. Like the Indiana Pacers, like. The, even the Cavaliers, when like they drafted LeBron, like they got lucky that LeBron was from Cleveland and that they drafted LeBron, because otherwise they just would have never won. Like it's these small market teams who I struggle to see how they have a chance without trying to build a team through like very data driven process, and then even on top of that they have to be lucky. But you look at a team like the Lakers, man. Like you pay for LeBron James because like you're LA and you can get a guy like LeBron in free agency nine out of 10 times. And you, you can just give up on half your team to get Anthony Davis because you know that there's going to be guys who will flock to you to come play with LeBron. And like, that's when, where it gets like tricky. When you, like you look at a guy like Rajon Ronda and Dwight Howard, these guys are getting the veterans minimum to play for the Lakers and they're balling out. Like at that point, like I don't really know what you do. Like it's one thing to build a team like analytically, but, like, it's another one you can, like, just bring in a guy like LeBron, bring in a guy like Anthony Davis, and then, like, Rajon Rondo shows up. And he's making no money, but, like, look at how he's playing. Dwight Howard, who's 
I mean, look at how he's playing, and he's just there because he wants to win a championship, right? So, I and then like when um, the guys like Markeith Morris come, like they can, mm-hmm. like they can, they can go anywhere they want after like the mm-hmm. West line, right? But they will go to like a team like the Lakers, you know? They're gonna go to like a team like the Clippers. So, I mean, I really don't know how you can compete with that. Like, I, I want to think that there's a way for these small market teams to compete and for them, them to win. But, I mean, when you have, like, these types of guys come over to the Lakers and fill out a roster like that, like, I don't really know what small mm-hmm. market teams can do. But also, at the same time, do you blame these veterans? So, like, if I, if I were, you know, towards the latter half of my career and, like, I really want a trophy in my trophy case, like... I'm going to go to the team that has a player who is so much better than everybody else and has a playoff record, which is just so far high above everybody else. Like, I'm going to go there. Why would I go to a team with a good system where, you know, without uh, with unproven players? Well, look, if I'm a player, I want to go to any at least at the stage in their career where they're at. I would want to go to a team where I can win because I have money. I know I can still play. Like, I just want to win now. So, I mean, at that point, like, you're not going to a team that's trying to develop a championship or, like, a playoff roster. You're going for a team where, like, you know you can win. Um, So, I mean, that's my two cents. John, what do you think? Honestly, I think small market teams could have still competed in an era that wasn't this era. Because when when we're in this player empowerment era, players can just basically decide the whole fate of the league by teaming up with another transcendent player in a big market like LA or Brooklyn, New York, wherever. But, you know, way back when, when there wasn't a lot of uh, player empowerment anyway yet, teams like, you know, the San Antonio Spurs were able to build a culture, a winning culture in a small market. And largely, in fact, because they got lucky with a guy like Tim Duncan, who was very loyal to their franchise and stayed there his entire career. That's the only way a small market team can succeed in this day and age where players can just go wherever they want to go and um, play for whatever team they want to play for once their contract is up. If you have to start out with building a culture, which is what San Antonio has done, Toronto has done a great job of building their culture as well. You want to have stability in the front office and on the on the bench in terms of coaching. So you want to build that culture up so free agents can still look at that particular city and think, you know, I could go to L.A. and play there, but there's also a good culture in Toronto, San Antonio. You know, OKC is building a pretty decent culture over there, too. Yeah. So I still think there's okay. some hope for the small market teams, sure. but there's always a little bit of luck that plays into it as well. Right. Okay. But so at what, the same time, okay, how many how many star free agents have gone to San Antonio? Uh, I mean, like Marcus Aldridge. Yeah. Okay. But but other than him, though, I was just googling his actually how how he got up there. I thought it was a trade initially, but I know he's he's a free agent decided. But how many? Like, players who can go over there and have like an immediate impact. Lamarcus Aldridge is really good, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, he's not the guy I'm going to center a team around in order to go for a championship run. There's only so many, uh, you know, back to the baskets, fadeaway shots that can take you to win games. But other than that, not many players go to San Antonio Spurs. But you look, look towards LA, you look towards Miami, like 
this is an age-old story. Free agents going to each of these teams. Uh, you know, like it's, Gary Payton. Uh, oh, oh, what's that? What's that boy? Carl Malone. Uh, Jason Williams. All these guys. Like, go, going to these respective teams to play with stars in a big market. Also, why do I want to go to a city which is cold or, like, there's nothing going on? I'd rather go to a big market team like Lakers or Miami. You know, I will say not every star in the league is um, completely enamored with the lifestyle that you're going to live yeah. in Miami or L.A. I think there are guys yeah. like, you know, I don't want to be like too presumptuous here, but, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's not about like that party life. He's about that grind, that basketball grind. So uh, like a multicultural city like Toronto could potentially be very appealing to a guy like Antetokounmpo, you know, you hold hold on to that hope, man. Hold on. Yeah, I, I've I've held on to it for a very long time, but and I will continue. I, but like, if I can say this, like, while the mm. teams like the Lakers and the well, I won't I won't say the Heat because they I think they they can win in different ways. Um, yeah. yeah. Like the Lakers, the Clippers, the um, like even in, like you can say the Knicks to a certain extent. Like these teams, like they're massive market teams that can attract free agents, right? Obviously, the Knicks are struggling because of ownership, but like these big market teams, their ways to win is through free agency. But I think that the teams that are smaller market teams, their way to win is, is through player development. Like mm-hmm. the Miami Heat, they, their way to win right now is developing guys like Bam Adebayo, like Tyler Hero. You know, like Bam Adebayo is an all star. He was drafted out of Kentucky, and you're like, you didn't think this was possible. Now he's an all-star caliber player who's going to continue to get better. He's only, what, 23? Like, you look at the Raptors. Like, they developed Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet into, like, all-star level players. Like, the Milwaukee Bucks, like, if you remember when Giannis was drafted, he was just long, lanky. He didn't know how to play basketball. Now he's the best player in basketball, you know? Like, these teams can compete through player development. And then when these guys develop into all-stars, well, then you try to lock them up. And then you build around them with players like the, the like the Bucks. They brought in like a Chris Middleton, who they also developed into an All Star. They drafted a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who was really really good, and they he like turned into something with them, you know. Like and then they bring in guys like Brooke Lopez, like Wesley Matthews, like Eric Bledsoe. They drafted Dante Divincenzo, like guys who can fill out a roster. Like same with the Raptors, like they bring in guys who can fill out a roster. The Miami Heat, like they bring in guys who could fill out a roster like a Nigodala, like a J, uh, like a like a Jay Crowder or like a Goran Dragic, you know? I think that's yeah. their way to compete against the teams that will bring in those superstar players. Right? Like while like the Lakers can have like LeBron and A D, like the 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 Miami Heat, they develop a guy like Bam out of buy into an all-star and then they attract a guy like Jimmy Butler because like there's obviously still that allure with Miami. But like with Toronto, like you have Kyle Lowry, you can, and then you develop a guy like Pascal Siakam, and now you have two All Stars, and you start to build a team around that. Like with Giannis, you de- with the Bucks, they develop a guy like Giannis and Middleton into All Stars. Now you can build teams around it, you know. So I think mm-hmm. it's a way it's just like a difference in in um, ideology, and it's just a yeah. shame that these like massive market teams don't value player development as much as other teams you know because like at the end of the day it hurts a lot of these young guys who get drafted to these teams like you look at the lakers they traded half their roster to the new orleans pelicans like pelicans are now like 
halfway through their rebuild off one trade, you know? And, like, you see Brandon Ingram just, like, pops. Like, Lonzo Ball has his best season. Like, Josh Hart is, like, still just, like, a nice, steady player. But then you look mm-hmm. over, like, the L.A. Lakers, like, Kyle Kuzma is still the same player he was as a rookie. Yeah. And maybe he was, a like, a late pick and a, and a four-year senior, and, like, he probably is is what he's what he was as, as a rookie but like there's no progression there and like partially that's on, on the lakers lack of development like you look at the clippers how many guys have they truly developed in in um with the clippers i don't know anyone like blake griffin chris was a who chris cayman chris yeah Kamen. i guess yeah but like yeah. chris cayman was what he was you know he was a top I mean, okay he was a star fantasy player. Dude, he—I mean, he made—he made an all-star team, dra- averaging like 15 and 10. Okay, not many players yes. can have that. He spread the floor. He was a unicorn. He was able to hit threes. No, he was. You know, tall, tall, tall. Yeah, Chris Kamen used to spread the floor. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I'm gonna Google that right now. Chris Kamen did not shoot threes. Chris Kamen shot threes. Let me just pull it up right now. I'm, looking, I'm looking it up right now. Chris Kamen. No, he did not shoot threes, oh, Kevin. What do you mean? Dude, he's 4.2% from the uh, three-point range. He has one career three-point shot. Yeah. That's more than many centers. He's a unicorn. <laughs> Christ, Kevin. Anyway. Tall look, guys who hit threes, they're hey, man, that That's the caveman for you. His his nickname's <laughs> the caveman. But um, like he 4.2 percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, some may say 4.20. Yeah. Well, anyways, that no. Oh, 420. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyways, um, but yeah, that's just my point. Like, I think the teams that can grab guys like superstars, they're gonna value that. You know, like their ability to attract superstars. But then there's the other side of the coin, which you gotta count on development. I think that's how you compete in the NBA at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I love the underdogs. You know, I, I love I, the gritty story. I, what, what was that? What was that team? What was that team? Uh, the, the Sister Mary, um, the in college basketball. Oh, oh remember? Oh, um, the the uh, Labradors. Uh, Chicago Loyola. Chicago Loyola. I love that story. You know, when you yeah. got when you guys got guys coming out from the mud, as uh, as uh, Kendrick Perkins would word it, uh-huh. guys coming out from the mud. And like making it, that yeah. that warms you up. It makes you feel like you can run through a wall. Kev, you know, Kev. It are, isn't sports out there to inspire the youth to make them believe that they are able to go out there and do whatever they want to do? Not, Kev. hey, Dad, could you buy me this in order for me to go win? Kev, I don't, I don't know if you've seen the roster in that Chicago Chicago Loyola team, but I don't think any of them came from the mud. I think they all came from the dad. Can you buy me this? And dad's like, yeah, yo, yo, bet. <laughs> you know? No, it's like, yo, look, imagine you're a kid, right? You're a kid. Like you're like five, 10 years old right now. You're watching this. Like you see one team with like these two stars who will go into the hall of fame, arguably like two of the greatest players to ever play the game. And then, you know, you see the other team who are just like this ragtag group of misfits who come out there and they will their way to win. Right. As a kid, if I see that ragtag group win, I'm like, yo, I can go become the next president of America. I can go do this. I can go do that. 
nothing's going to stop me. Even if I, if, even if the, uh, you know, you big D1 college school scouts say I'm not good enough, you know, I, I potentially could go to a JUCO program and climb up the ladder and do what Jimmy did. Even if I go to a D3 school, I can still make it into the league. Like, even if I don't get drafted, I can still go out there and make it into the finals and become like a good player. Yeah. That's the story. That's the narrative that sports are there for. Just sports are there to inspire. Mm-hmm. Right? I, and that's yeah. when Lakers Lakers don't inspire me. That's why I've been hating on them. They don't inspire me. No, I, I agree. Like, the Lakers don't really inspire me either. Like, you look at their, like, their front office. Like, what did they really do? They traded, they traded Anthony Davis when a team offered them. Well, they acquired Anthony Davis when, like, they gave away everything. Like anybody would trade the last year of Anthony Davis for like yeah. half your roster, you know, like they, yeah. and like they brought back guys who just, Oh, LeBron's here. Anthony Davis is here. I'm going to win. Let's go. You know, like yeah. they're, it's the front office. Like they didn't really do anything. It feels like, you know? Yeah. So the Lakers are like the, the uh, popular kids in high school, you know, they're like yeah. the popular yeah. kids. And then we're out here just, you know, regular old folks just minding their own <laughs> business. But can't really find a reason to empathize with the Lakers because you know they're they're all flash and then we're just out here grinding every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, it, the more we comes, talk about it, we're all Miami Heat. We are the Miami Heat of the world. No, but I, I, I still just want LeBron to win. I know, I know you want LeBron. LeBron's story is incredible. But like, okay, just just a very good example. Okay, so you watch? Have you watched Full House? No, I have no idea. What no. That. Nope. Well, the, I, I think the mom from Full House, she's going to jail for like two years because she bought her kids uh, entrance into universities. Right. Damn. There's those kids. And there, yeah. there's the other kids who like work their butt off. Right. You mm-hmm. know, go go attend all their AP classes and still work two jobs and all that. And they get into the university. That's my story, man. That's the Miami Heat that the kids whose parents bought them in, their way into the university. That's the Lakers. Dude, Lakers sound like a villain from a movie, and like yeah. people are rooting, people are uh, rooting for the villain. And I'm pretty sure they did a uh, census recently, uh, and um, I'm pre- there was like four states in America that's rooting for the Heat. Wow, that's it. Like major, uh, four states majority. That's uh, no one's like one, two, three, four, five, six. No, one, two, three, four, five, five states in America. Well. Yeah. That's, Sounds about right. So before we before we move on to our final few segments, I just have one more question here with this um with this Lakers Heat final. Um, it seems like Anthony Davis has been clearly balling out. LeBron James has been balling out. Who wins the Finals MVP here? It's gonna be one, uh, of them. and it's not gonna be Alex Caruso. So like, no. although one quick thing on Alex Caruso. If there's one guy that the Lakers have developed well, it's that guy. Like they, but yeah, there wasn't much of. Okay, you gotta understand. There's not much of development that happens over there. I mean, when LeBron plays at a hundred, there's so much defensive concentration on him that guys around him do well. LeBron is like the big, big fish, and these are like the group. What is it? Feeders or whatever it is. Yeah. That just like hang off on LeBron and eat the parasites that come off LeBron. Like, yeah, that's what Alex Caruso is. Like, you gotta understand LeBron. You look at look throughout the history of the teammates that he had. Like, dude, Jamaria Moon had an incredible year with playing with LeBron. Like, Mo Williams Jamaria played Moon. really well. Did Jamaria Moon play with 
LeBron. He played yeah, with he uh, Lakers and then the Caval- uh, No, no, Raptors, then the Cavaliers with LeBron. Yeah. So did Anthony Parker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Zadranus Ogaskis. Yes. Yeah. Anderson Barashaw, Mo yeah. Williams, these guys. I'm just uh, saying, like, these guys have good years when they play with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Okay? But so, so who, who, who's, your, who's your finals MVP? Richard, I'll start with you and then John, and then I'll close it off. So personally, I don't really know. Um, I think Anthony Davis has been more dominant in this series. Like, he's been unstoppable, but. When you look at LeBron, like just everything rolls through him, right? Like LeBron, like LeBron's numbers aren't as good as Anthony Davis's are, even though LeBron's like pretty much averaging a triple double so far through two games. Um, I'm gonna go with LeBron. I think there's also gonna be like slight bias towards LeBron. Yep. So it's gonna push him into a Finals MVP. I think he's clearly the best player on the floor, while Anthony Davis might be the most dominant one dunking on poor Kelly Olynyk, but yeah. um, I'm going to go with LeBron. I think LeBron has a couple of like really dominant games left in it to close this out. Um, okay, yeah. why, why, don't, why don't you give like a prediction of how long this series is going to go to as well? Uh, I'm going to say Lakers in five. I think, okay. I, I think Miami's going to... Like, here's the thing. Are the Lakers really just like so fucking good? Because like they've been destroying teams all throughout this playoffs like did they just have like an easy road to the finals or are they really just this damn good because if they're just damn good I, they might even sweep the heat like they beat the blazers in five then they beat the rockets in five and then they beat the dunk nuggets in five and now they're like toying with the heat like before we like john before you answer that finals mvp question like are the lakers just like unbeatable like are they really just this damn good or is it also like a byproduct of the competition like the houston rockets aren't that bad like the denver nuggets clearly weren't that bad you know i don't want to um bring up the conversation of an asterisk because i definitely don't believe in like this whole season having an asterisk just because of the covid19 situation but i feel like a lot of teams benefited from it but a lot of teams also were hindered by the covid19 stoppage like a team like the Lakers with a lot of veterans, I think they actually benefited from the rest. And you can see that LeBron James came back into the bubble super invigorated and, you know, re-energized to play, you know, great basketball. And then you look at teams like, uh, the, well, not the Denver Nuggets, because they played really good this playoffs, but teams like, you know, the um, the Raptors, for example, the Raptors were just completely garbage like especially you know i don't want to trash on my boy pascal too much but pascal siakam pre-pandemic versus post-pandemic are two different players to me so that's just like a little example but you know to go into your question i think this lakers team has just been so dominant because no one's been able to stop anthony davis and it's just plain and simple like that he's he's always been one of the best players statistically in the league he just hasn't won yet at a high level and now that he's beside a guy like LeBron James, it doesn't look like there's much that can really stop these two together. But besides Anthony Davis being super dominant, I still think LeBron James is probably going to take home the finals MVP just because I think there's too many media members that vote for these type of awards where they're always looking for the narrative. So they're going to look at LeBron James in his 10th finals. He's 35 years old. And I think they're probably going to vote for it mostly on the narrative, although both players are definitely deserving because 
they are the engine of this team. If it's Anthony Davis or LeBron James kind of, you know, not playing at 100%, I don't think this Lakers team is as good as we have seen them play. So it's definitely a two-man machine, but I'd just say LeBron takes the nod for the narrative reasons. And how many games? How many games? Uh, uh, I'll say, I'll say four, just to make it a little four. more spicy. Okay. That is spicy. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go out here. I feel, I feel guilty. I feel guilty in the last episode picking the Lakers to win because that's not where my heart lies. Do you guys know of a, a guy named Captain Edward Smith by any chance? No. Well. He he was a naval officer, British naval officer. Uh-huh. He also sailed the Titanic, but he Ooh. chose to stay with the ship while it went down. Incredible movie. One of my favorite, and not one of my favorite movies, my favorite movie of all time. Uh-huh. That's a man, a man that goes down with his own ship. I jumped ships for a second. I became a, I became a, a Laker fan. You know, I'm a LeBron guy. What can I say? But I'm going to go back to my roots. I'm saying Miami. Miami's going to win this. And the only way Miami could win this is if Tyler Hero shoots the lights out. Like, he goes out there and averages 30 to 40 points a night over the next few series. That's the only way. That's the only way. So, because of that, I'm saying Tyler Hero finals MVP and Miami Heat in seven. Okay. Let's um, move on to the next topic, Kevin. Also, I might have taken a bet on Tyler Hero winning the finals MVP. The odds were, like, times 31. Okay. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kev, I'm going to just say this before we move on to our last couple of topics. The only way for the Heat to win this series is if somebody snitches on LeBron. And LeBron has I'm to. going to. You have to, man. The Heat, I'm going to send Kevin. Call up the snitch line. You, you got to, like, fire up the snitch line at this point. Um, anyways, a um, couple, more, th- uh, couple more, more topics for us to discuss before, um, before we wrap this one up. Uh, I wanted to get some Raptor talk into this episode, Kevin's mm-hmm. favorite team. Um, yeah. So they, they, call, to, they call me Raptor Tsucheri. Whatever. Um, we're <laughs> heading into the offseason. Nick Nurse just got paid. It seems like Webster's getting paid. Side jury still a question mark. So I wanted to just like quickly dive into this. Before we get into the offseason, which it seems like next time we record, it's going to be the NBA offseason. I'm going to talk with you, John. Question for the Raptor fan. What for you would be like the ideal perfect Raptors offseason? So there's a lot of ways this offseason can go. I think number one is not retaining Marcus All because, you know, I love Mark. He, he did great for us in our championship winning season, but he's just a little bit too washed up at this point in terms of his offense anyway. I still think he can be a contributor on the defensive end. He still makes an impact there. And, you know, he can still play make off the post as well. But his shot, I, I don't give it any chance to come back because teams are just going to play off of him, especially in the playoffs like we saw versus Boston. And as frustrating as it is to watch, I will say he still has a place somewhere in the league. But I don't think that place is with the Raptors. I also think that... They should probably try to retain one of Serge Ibaka or Fred Van Fleet. 
I would lean towards Van Fleet at this point because Lowry is getting up there with age. We don't know how much longer he's going to be able to perform at the level we need him to perform. So I think it's the right move to let one of those two walk in order to maintain cap flexibility for next year because guys like Giannis and Kawhi are going to be back on the free agent market most likely. So you want to retain as much cap space as possible for that offseason while still you know maintaining some of the key pieces i think also there's a big question mark for a guy like ronde hollis jefferson he's i believe he's in the free agency pool this year and he's played pretty well for the raptors throughout the regular season he didn't get much burn in the playoffs so we'll have to see what the raptors do with that and i think just in general the raptors should try to keep the ship where it's going. I don't think they need to make too many drastic changes because let's be realistic, unless they execute some sort of master deal to get a go-to player to to pair alongside Pascal Siakam, I don't think the Raptors are going to be competing for a title next year. So I think really the move is to play, you know, to with, play some 3D chess, be two steps ahead and plan for the next offseason and keep all the moves in mind with next offseason in mind. Right. And I think for the Raptors, the, the number one thing for them, um, I don't know what's going to happen with Marcus Gasol. It seems like he's leaning towards going back to Spain and play in Barcelona. Um, I think for the Raptors, the number one thing is trying to extend Masai Jury this offseason. Like you yep. just have to do it. You don't want to enter into the biggest free agency class like in NBA history next year and have question marks surrounding the very top of your organization. Like if a team is looking at you as a p- potential landing spot, they want to know what they're coming into. They, they want to know like who the coach is. They want to know who the GM is. They want to know where ownership is at. And they also want to know that the dude who's running the organization and, and is highly regarded as one of the best in all of sports is going to be there making sure that you're happy, that the team is constantly competing. Um, so I think that's the number one thing that the Raptors need. Like, they have to find a way to keep Masai Ujiri in Toronto. And other than that, I think Fred Van Vliet's going to resign. Um, I don't know what the dollar cost is going, going to be. I don't think it's going to be as high as, like, $100 million. I think, like, mm-hmm. realistically, for a guy like Fred Van Vliet, it might be something more like, along the lines of like four years, 75 million. So, and that may be like the move that the big move that the Raptors make in the off season. It's just like bring in their, their guys like Kyle Lowry. So just one year on, on his contract. So they're going to pay him out that final season. So when he comes off the books, you have flexibility in 2021, like Pascal Siakam is on a rookie scale extension. Like Fred Van Vliet is, not going to be making that much money, I feel, that he's going to restrict the Raptors and what they might do in um, in free agency in 2021. Like, OG Ananobi is still in his rookie deal. Like, Norman Powell, based on how he played this past season, like, his contract looks incredible right now, right? So, and now, like, Serge Ibaka is coming off the books, and I, I don't think that Serge Ibaka is looking for a one-year, a one-year extension. You know, like he's played himself into a multi-year deal. Um, so I think that's, like in my mind, I think the two biggest things for the Raptors is re-signing Fred and extending Masai Ujiri and everything else that comes. I think 
they have to be careful in terms of what they're trying to do. Like what they have to keep an eye out for like the long-term game, which is like 2021 free agency. And you don't want to be restricted with that. Like we've heard rumors about like Montreal Harrell potentially being a guy that the Raptors are looking at, but like, please no, hmm? please no, please no, <laughs> please no. Yeah. Look, I, 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 I like Montreal Harrell, but like, I mean, I have like bigger fish to fry next off season. Yeah, like I have, I, there's a lot of other guys that I would prefer to Montreal Harrell, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, if he comes, um, I'd be interested to see what the contract is like. I'd be interested to see if it's a one-year deal. I don't think it would be. I think Montreal Harrell has earned himself like a nice deal. I feel like Montreal Harrell is a guy who's gonna go get like big money on like a shitty franchise like the New York Knicks or something. Like he seems like, like he's, yeah. he's like the next Julius Randle who's gonna go to. Knicks on a weird contract, you know. That's my thing. yeah. But they have like three big men already tied. Like Knicks so, love signing power forwards. They have like I think they have three power forwards signed for like over 150 million or over 100. Yeah, what's one more for New York, right? That's they true. can use That's it. That's true. Yeah, they need. Yeah. They, what are they trying to do? Like O line, uh, O lineman for RJ. Want a little mean, wildcat, wildcat offense over there? <laughs> why not? <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, so I, I got a prediction. I'm 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 just gonna say this. They're gonna they're gonna trade. Uh, actually, they're gonna empty the empty everything. Empty everything. Trade Pascal. Trade Kyle. Trade uh Trade Van Vliet. Trade everybody and rebuild. Yeah. It's rebuilding time for the Raptors. Yeah. And not resign yeah. anybody else because you know you don't need star quality coaches or trainers when you're rebuilding. Kevin, yeah, let's. Let's move on to football. That's a nice. Yeah, game. baby. <laughs> yeah, you've heard it here oh, first. B- before before we switch to uh, football, football, since yeah. 2014, from 2014 to 2019, how many times mm-hmm. have LeBron gone to the finals? Um, since what what year? 2014 to 2019. It's um, like what five or six? I want to say like every five every str- single five straight, straight years. Five straight. Not counting his one season, he was injured. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that an asterisk? Are we asterisking? Are we just picking and choosing when to asterisk? Is that what's happening? Anyways, uh, one <laughs> Finals MVP and one championship ring. Okay. At the same time, from 2014 to 2019, there's another player who also went to five NBA Finals, one Iggy. Finals MVP, and three rings to LeBron's one ring. No big deal. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, shout out to Iggy. To uh, Iggy. <laughs> okay, let's let's move over to football. Um, John, how do you want to do this? Do you want to give us your picks, or do you want to do you want to give let's, us your, your, your picks at the end? All right, let's let's do it like this. So, um, tell me the two teams. Um, yeah. Every, like, let's go. Like you guys introduce the two teams, exactly. and then I'll pick one, and then you guys just pick the other. I guess. Wait, I think that's the best yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Kev, we should turn this into a segment. Like, what can we name this segment? Like, John's, John's wild picks. What, what are we thinking for this? Yeah, this I think be it, a- would be, it, it would be a fitting to call it John's poor picks because uh, I'm not good at picking team sports teams to win. Obviously. Your name that John's poor picks. No, that sucks. No, no, we'll we'll come up with one. Let's just we'll brainstorm that. But right now, let's throw games this way. We're not sure. going to touch the Patriots, Patriots KC because Brian Hoyer is listed as a starting quarterback for that game. I don't want to so, touch it. 
Okay, here we go. I'll 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 throw you four picks because Kevin and I we usually like to go four picks on our parlays. So I'll throw you teams. Uh, First off, we got a twelve o'clock game. Sorry, one o'clock Eastern. The Indianapolis Colts playing the Chicago Bears. The Colts are a two point five point favorite on the road. But Bears also their new starting quarterback is big. Doesn't matter. Kev, we're talking to a guy who doesn't know what big. You know, I'm getting a little bit of a premonition that the Bears are going to make an upset this game. Okay. I'm just calling it here. Okay, okay. I'm taking the Colts. Taking the Colts. <laughs> this uh, is wild. Yeah. We got the New Orleans Saints. Okay, no, Rich, 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 Rich. We can't, are we throwing all the games this way? No, no just four games. Okay, so let's, let's, pick, let's pick different games. So why don't we throw... Uh, let's just say, you know, Cleveland Browns versus Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys yeah, are yep. mi- minus uh, minus 5.0. Yeah, they're five-point five favorite. favorites. Uh, Cowboys are at home. Mm, I'll go with the Cowboys on that one. Okay, good pick. <laughs> um, okay, I'll, I'll give you one more, and then Kevin gives you one more. Okay. So, All right. Jacksonville Jaguars. On the road, three-point underdog, Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, Jaguars. Let's go Jaguars. Okay. Okay. Mine, uh, I'm going to go with your favorite team over here, John. Okay. So the Washington football team, they're playing the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favorited uh, by 14 points. Look away. Man, Man, you know – as much as I'd like to go for my boys at the Washington football team, you know, can't go yeah, wrong with the Ravens, man. That seems like a little <laughs> bit too much of a deficit there. Okay. I think I think we should end this segment every single week with what do you think about the Washington football team's chances? Yeah, that's the only way to do it. Okay, so there we go. This week's, this week's mortal locks are Colts, Browns, Bengals, and Browns. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and right. uh, and uh, the team, the Washington football team, the football team. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Here we yeah. go, Kev. So, do you want to do your your uh, mortal locks for this week? Yeah, I mean, these are my mortal locks, but my immortal locks for this week are yep. the Bears plus two point yep. five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the opposite. The Cardinals minus three point five, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys minus five point zero. And one sure thing for this week would be the Ravens minus 14. But I don't know anymore. I honestly don't know anymore. Yeah. You so never those know, are my man. picks. Those are my okay. picks. But I'm, I'm rolling with Johns, by the way. That's, it's it's yeah. certain. So here's what I'm rolling with this week. So mm-hmm. first off, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills on the road against the, Char- uh, against the Raiders. Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills are awesome. Josh Allen's awesome. I feel like so the Buffalo Bills defense has been pretty shitty this season so far, and like I feel like they're gonna turn it up at some point, hopefully this week. So I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills three point favorites. My next pick is I think the Saints are gonna come back and win on the road against the Lions. They're a three point underdog. The Lions got away with one last week against the Cardinals. I'm gonna go with the Saints three point favorites. Michael Thomas is coming back. Um, I really like the Colts going into this week. They're 2.5. Like uh, John mentioned, he likes the Bears. Now I like the Colts even more this week. So, 
I think I think they're gonna win by fifty now. So I'm gonna take the Colts. And then my final pick this week is the Arizona Cardinals. Just like Kevin said, I think the Cardinals are gonna have a big bounce back week this week. I think Kyler Murray has looked really good for the majority of the season. So I'm gonna take the Cardinals. That's my mortal locks. And are, are, you, think, are you going two cards this week? Oh yeah, yeah. We're there's gonna be a lot of picks that are made. No, no. Oh, yeah. You, you have gonna, to get Johns on a card. Like, you have to get Johns on a card. Like, I, I'm doing it. I'm getting Johns on a card. I'm so curious in what happens. This is the Cam Lewis parlay of the week. I don't know, man. It, it it's it's hit or miss. So no, I wouldn't no, put John, money on it yet, been, but oh, we'll see happening. what happens next week when we get back to the picks. Yeah. How many units are you putting on that pick? That one, at least two. At least two. Okay, lock it in. Yeah. Anyways, lock guys, in. <laughs> we're going to wrap this one up. Um, quick reminder before we go, ballandroll.com, your spot for the best basketball content on the web. Shop.ballandroll.com, your spot for the hottest basketball merch on the web. Enjoy your weekend, guys. Enjoy football. We'll be back next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.